Hello and welcome, and we're here again at Holistic Investments, and I'm delighted to be with Scott Sir today, the founder of Kava. Hi, Thank sir. you for having me. Thank you for being here. You know, it's, uh, I've received multiple, uh, I would say, requests to do a special interview with you specifically, because a lot of my friends, uh, I know, they supported early Kava and they're staking, they're earning some yield with you. So I was curious to talk and understand better, like, you know, of your personal journey and uh, generally what is Kava. Uh, but, you know, we, we tend to, to be um, also careful in, in what, uh, what we deliver here, uh, you know, because the, 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 the yield, you know, high yield uh, decentralized dividends are amazing, but at the same time, we have to throw out risk disclosures to, to begin with. So this content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. So now that we're off the hook, so tell us, Scott, Scott probably what led you to uh, basically crypto uh, rabbit hole and how did you start Kava? Yeah, well, so um, kind of my first introduction to crypto, actually, like a lot of people in the space, I was... Uh, involved with digital assets by a different name um, in, in internet poker. So when I was young, um, I was a professional internet poker player. I uh, did that for a number of years in my like late teens, early 20s. And um, it was when the US actually cut off banking relations with a number of those poker sites that uh, a lot of people had to start using something like Bitcoin as a means to like deposit and withdraw. So that was kind of like, that was like back when like Bitcoin was like $50. I didn't buy that much of it. So like, uh, right, rats. Um, I, went into, I went into ad tech after that. And then it was around 2016, 17, um, kind of taking a look at crypto again. And, you know, with the advent of Ethereum, there's just all of these applications that could be made. Um, and so that got really exciting. Um, I had spent a lot of time in software. I love that crypto is basically software all the way down. And so we just, you know, dug into it um, and kind of three, three and a half years later, we're at where we are now. Amazing. So let's talk about Kava. Like, you know, so how old is Kava already? When was the year when it was created and who were, I, I know that you have other co-founders. Yeah, we didn't start with Kava. So, so there's myself, um, there's actually a Scottish gentleman named Ruri and uh, Brian Kerr, who's the CEO. Um, so we're kind of three that started this. Um, yeah, and it didn't start uh, in its like uh, current incarnation. And I think that's like, uh, should be typical um, of any startup in a new and evolving space. Uh, in like 2017, 18, we were actually working really closely with uh, Ripple. So uh, Ripple was like an early investor and kind of some kind of Ripple, like uh, Stefan Thomas, Thomas and a number of other guys had put money into us for building this inner ledger. So this is just kind of like, uh, you know, quite technical way to do seamless payments between different crypto assets and then merging that, um, you know, with other digital forms of money like PayPal. So yeah, we did that for a while. And, um, you know, we had like, we had some sex, some success bringing a product to market, but uh, it was, it was kind of like, I sort of, what I've learned with startups is uh, like the whole boiling the ocean thing is actually pretty tough. And uh, so we kind of like were staring down like 12, 18 months of that. And just like, it's an interesting technology, but not the right fit for like a small scrappy startup. So um, this was kind of 
post the massive like uh, uptrend in like late 2017, 2018, it was kind of like towards the end of 2018 that we were looking around in crypto and be like, okay, you know, we're not going to do, you know, like Facebook uh, on, on the blockchain. We're probably not going to do, you know, Airbnb on the blockchain. Like, what is it? And it was really maker um, and these few kind of proto DeFi uh, um, protocols that we're like, you know what, that's usage, right? That looks and feels like usage. There's a fit there, um, but, but, but Maker's only targeted basically at Ethereum assets. Mm-hmm. So we had been working really closely with uh, the Cosmos guys. We, we, you know, we had sort of looked around for different base layers and that was kind of the most advanced one. It's like Cosmos SDK, Tendermint thing. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, let's try that. So let's, let's, uh, let's you know, create a dedicated chain and we'll build out on that chain, um, like a maker-like uh, lending facility, but we'll target that specifically at Bitcoin. And so we kind of set out to do that early 2019. And there's like, uh, I think like, I think it's like a, a, in Dreesen, Mark and Dreesen has this thing where it's like, you can feel product market fit. And so with the, with the ILP, the interledger thing, we're just like asking, 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 do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? When you come onto a thing that people want, you have to like shut the, the money. They're trying to put money in the door and you're like trying to shut it. Like, okay, that's enough money. I got it. So you can really feel like the pull for that. And so, you know, we, we sort of took in like a little bit of initial investment and then um, we built it out. And then we found a good partner, uh, like, like a great partner in Binance. And so we did like this kind of, you know, the IEO uh, thing with them the end of 2019. And then we ended up working closely with their Binance chain um, to be the first uh, chain that we ended up bringing assets, um, bridging assets onto Kalaway. So let me ask you, uh, I, I understand that because of the strategic partnership with Cosmos SDK and Binance, and because of the Binance chain is on Cosmos as well, right? Sure, that's right. Yeah, so I, 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 I think that is why BNB was the first token to be listed because there was a little bit of criticism in the community that says like, listen, why didn't they you know, list the digital gold, the Bitcoin first, right? You know, so is there any particular reason? I know that you introduced it eventually, right? And so I'm just curious, what was your thought process there? Yeah, and my, you know, my view there is again, as like a scrappy startup, it's like, what can we do now that will get some traction and then figure that out? So, you know, I l- love the, the Cosmos guys, been working with them for a long time, but for me, you know, spending four years to deliver, you know, IBC, it's, it's just too risky. It's too risky for a small startup to like spend, you know, a year doing something, delivering it and then being like, okay, is anybody going to use it? Right. So for us, it was the combination of the distribution channel. So we had Binance saying to its millions of users, Hey, you know, come use Kava. Um, and then the ability to just like build that relatively quickly with them. So, so maybe you know, for someone who doesn't uh, know what is the IBC stands for, what's the purpose? Maybe you can explain a little bit. Yeah. 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 So that so that there's this kind of Cosmosian vision um, that we will create multiple applications and get them to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in contrast to what uh, like Ethereum does. So Ethereum's like we're just one platform. And you're going to build on our platform, but the problem is we're sharing basically throughput, computational throughput, so it's slow. And then if there's a lot of usage, it's expensive, right? Poke, uh, kind of Cosmos is on the other end of it, where it's like, well, every application is a blockchain, mm-hmm. and then they talk to e- talk to each other with this inter-blockchain communication protocol called IBC. And then nowadays you have Polkadot that's like kind of in the middle, 
it's like we'll have these kind of substrate chains and they'll all mm -hmm. kind of be anchored to this common thing. And so, you know, TBD on, on what wins in, in that spectrum. Oh, yeah. But yeah. And there's also Cardano, Chainlink. They're also, I would say, uh, introducing some of the uh, like interesting solutions over there, like, you know, how to make, you know, those promises of composability and interoperability actually like speak to each other, like, because that's what a lot of people are, are expecting. But I, I would just, you know, my, my previous interview with, with uh, Pen Zhang, so that was, you know, from uh, Tendermint. So that's, yeah. my <laughs> so that's why I was curious to see what's your angle, like, you know, and right now what is your direction to work with them or to also like you know almost like separate yourself in a way and become more independent yeah so think about like you can kind of think about kava as this like amusement park right i mean for for defi for as a defi playground right like we take it much more seriously than that but from the perspective of a user right that's trying to to get yield or do some financial activity right it's like what are the attractions and so for us We built out, you know, the kind of, we built out that maker lending um, platform first. We saw a lot of growth in uh, Compound. So Rob and um, Compound, they're kind of advisors and investors in us, um, as well as Abe. So the money market piece is this kind of natural next thing to build. And, and so we built that in the fall. Um, and then coming up will be, will be an AMM. These are the kind of like core building blocks of a platform to be able to do things, move assets around. And so for us, once we have the rides, it's about bringing people in, right? It's like, mm -hmm. how do we onboard different users in different types of assets? So doing, you know, we started with uh, Binance and bringing uh, assets over there. We have, you know, over 250 million came in through them. IBC um, or this inner blockchain communication is just another kind of bridge or way to onboard assets um, onto Kava. And so that would be like, and the, the nice thing with that is an, one integration with that gets us Adam, it gets us ThorChain, it gets us um, Band, Terra, and the other kind of Cosmos SDK based chains that have decided to include the IBC module. So, you know, we'll certainly, you know, as, as one part of a general strategy of onboarding users, we're, we're definitely going to, to, to onboard users through that. Got it. By the way, there's a, a quick one, like more speculative question. Do you think uh, that uh, uh, Binance is somehow behind the Thor chain? What do you mean behind Thor chain? Well, they, they say that, you know, like now we, we still don't know the exact founders, you know, like of the Thor chain. Oh, so, <laughs> so they, there is a speculation that it's like CZ well, is one of the, what, the, their team, like the core team are also, pro that's their pa like passage to, to DeFi. Yeah, right, right, right. Well, so, and, you know, especially with these Anon teams, so, like, actually, I would, if we're, if we're sleuthing, I would actually look closer at, like, PancakeSwap. Mm -hmm. Anytime you have Anon founders built on their thing, it's kind of like, okay, like, all right, you know. Uh, Thorchain, maybe not as much. I, I So, I talked to those guys back kind of before. They're, they're, they're really popular now, and that's great. Yeah. Um, there's a couple Australian guys. So, they may be, like, heavily backed, um, but uh, I don't know that they're, like, exactly uh, like Binance agents. Got it.
Yeah, I was just curious. You know, I think people love those rumors. So I'm curious to hear people like others, um, you know, colleagues' uh, opinion on this. So yeah. let's deep, uh, let's uh, dive deeper into your project, like you know, and then into Kava and the ecosystem. So uh, yeah. I know that you're uh, like from what I've read and from what I know that you're highly secure, which is like really important in our industry to avoid all those rug plugs and all the crazy things like hacks. So you've been audited. So can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, totally. So, well, so just kind of generally in terms of security. So like there's, you know, especially when you're dealing with a financial ecosystem, security takes multiple forms, right? I mean, so for instance, MakerDAO as such has never been hacked, but if we recall all the way back to March of last year, right, they had a, a liquidity problem where all of the uh, assets crashed in price and there was not enough DAI available in time to come in to buy up those assets. So while that's not a sort of technical hack as such, I would still put that in the category of unsafe, right? Or something that, um, something that uh, yeah, is unsafe to users. And it might be worth just kind of clarifying what's the reason that safety is important, right? And, and our view on this is, you know, we have the luxury of operating in a relatively, like relatively unregulated framework. And our view is that if you can build a product and brand around user safety and you can build up that trust, those will tend to be the products that win in the long run. Um, so that, that's where our focus is. And so kind of in terms of the categories of safety, in terms with, with sort of technical safety, one of the reasons that we chose the Cosmos SDK is this kind of the space to invade. The sort of attack surface is much, much lower than on Ethereum. Ethereum is actually really hard. Solidity is actually a very hard, you know, it's a very hard, it's a very hard, uh, the EVM is a very hard thing to build financial software on because there's mm -hmm. all of these different ways that you can get in that. Conversely, on, uh, for, the, for the Cosmos SDK, you can really specify, given this particular set of code, only these things can happen. And only things can happen here, and I'll have them talk to each other, so I'd say, I would argue that foundationally, it's a, it's a more secure thing to build on. Of course, on top of that, the, 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 the Tendermint or sort of all in bits team had, had done extensive audits of the base layer. So Tendermint itself is formally verified. The vanilla SDK that you kind of get with it is very heavily um, audited. And then anything that we build, basically any piece of like sort of like a, sort of small package or unit of code that we deliver, we then just also have it verified uh, and audited and then kind of any interactions that it has therein. Right? So if I'm asking you uh, more like uh, direct questions, who, so who audited you? And whether yeah. we can see the, the, the actual audit results publicly? Yeah, so we just did a tweet about it. So you can go to Certix. So Certix probably like the one that we found that has the most experience with the Cosmos mm -hmm. SDK. And if so you go to like Certix org slash Kava. And you'll see we have a page with multiple uh, uh, audits. We actually purchased like one of their insurance, you know, policies like Certic Shield, you know, so you mm -hmm. kind of go there and like explore um, all of the auditing. I think it's actually a nice product, but all of the auditing that, that they've done with us. And we've relied pretty heavily on that for our application specific audits. Perfect. So is there maybe for someone who for in a layman terms, is there 
like a kind of a score that they sort is giving you what's the process of like auditing and how how does one once he goes to the certix.com you know slash kava like to understand like you know whether they're like you know their audit results and their like overview uh, is positive how what what one should be looking at yeah, I was just going to the website, but basically, um, I think what so what Certic does is, uh, I mean, it's it's basically a, a stamp, and then like like this meets the bar, and then uh, qualitative uh, um, like references around that. So I don't think they give a score as such, um, but yeah. they do give sort of qualitative feedback, and I think like actually in the first couple, the qualitative feedback was like this is some of the best code base that we've ever reviewed. I mean, you can go like check that, you can like fact check that. And, you know, not to like kind of toot our horn, but I think that when you actually compare Kava, uh, the, 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 the chain to Atom, our code base is just as big as, if not bigger um, than the Cosmos Hub. We've put, a, you know, right, like we've put extensive amount of work into that. And I think our team is very solid. They've been doing this for yeah. a while. And um, yeah, we've kind of, yeah, th th that's the reason why I asked because I've seen that there is no score because I know I'm in and you're still like one of the top lists like in terms of the certified and verified projects. That's why I'm just curious. Uh, maybe maybe they can just uh, added this <laughs> nuance there. Yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, if it's like a like a gradient or something, right? And there's like nine point eight. Oh, very. <laughs> Yeah, so now that's amazing that you care about like the the, the security and uh, the fact that you know there's a third party audit happening. So I think that is very important. Now, uh, not to go deeper into technical aspects, as I think like you know some of my audience are there like they're more interested on the high level analysis of your project. So let's talk about like you know the uh, how many tokens are right now in Kava. Let's talk about your roadmap. How many other integrations are you looking to to have? And what does it even mean when you are actually entering like your website with that you can have 60% uh, uh, yield as of this recording. It is uh, February 18th, <laughs> 2021. So let's explain a little bit. Uh, what, what does it mean? Yeah, yeah. So um, right now today, the, the, and so you can go to like kava.io slash stats and it'll show. So the, the, the native assets kind of, you know, like akin to Ethereum and ERC-20s, the native assets on Kava right now are Kava, which is the staking token. Um, there's Hard, um, which is the governance token of Hard Protocol, which is some, it's a money market similar to Compound or Ethereum. That's Compound or Aave. And then there's USDX. Which is the uh, which is the uh, crypto stablecoin um, similar to Dai um, that's derived from the Kava CDPs. So those are kind of the native assets right now. I think in total that's something like it moves around very quickly. But let's say like 800 million, 900 million, something like that dollar mm -hmm. value. Um, and then in terms of onboarded assets, um, currently, uh, well, as of like today, uh, next week, this won't be the case, but today, all of the assets onboarded onto Kava are through the Binance chain still. And so that's Bitcoin, BNB, BUSD, which is kind of, you know, Binance's USD, um, XRP, and those are the four. Yeah. So in total, there's seven um, on Kava. So, uh, I mean, I think it will be like pretty uh, traditional question to you. So why not? Other like you know uh, assets like Ethereum, Cardano, like Polkadot, and uh, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. 
Totally. Yeah. So, so yes, they will. Uh, this is kind of like a, a this is a, um, like a progressive um, thing. And so well, what, what I can disclose kind of publicly is because they've already announced it. So Huabi is going to have a form of Bitcoin HBTC mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be directly integrated um, into Kava. And then there's a number of other ones um, that I'm actually kind of excited about uh, in the pipeline. So, I, you know, our goal is to get those large assets in. Absolutely. Um, it's really just a matter of practicality, right? It's, uh, you know, having one, one Binance integration got us all of those assets and that direct distribution channel to Binance users. We're going to do the same with Huobi because we kind of have that playbook now built up with Binance and we're going to do it with another one pretty soon. Um, and then it's on to um, an Ethereum bridge. So we have a, uh, Maybe I can share the screen later or whatever, but we have a, sure. a, a, road, a, a roadmap a visualization that kind of shows what we're going to be doing um, throughout this year. And so Kava, um, like you might have seen that Cosmos just did this Stargate launch. Right? Like, oh, Stargate yeah. launch. When was the last Cosmos mainnet upgrade? Like, oh, I can't quite remember. So one of the things that we've learned is we want to do sort of fixed time variable scope releases. So our goal for this year is to have four month release cycles. And so this, this current release cycle that's ending March 4th, will do Kava 5 launch. Um, that's delivering all the finishing touches on the hard protocol. And um, is it all right if I just show a visualization? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's good. So this is us in time, this little guy here. So the Kava 5 gets us uh, the hard protocol version too. So this is sort of supply, borrow, dynamic interest rates. Um, that's out and ready in a public in a testnet. Will be on mainnet um, early March. We're currently in the process of evaluating any central issuer. Um, so USDT, USDC, WBTC. I talked about HUSDC and a couple others. Mm-hmm. Kind of getting those onto the platform right away. Just getting assets and users onto the platform. And then yeah, we did a we did a, a like a pretty big overhaul in terms of performance and scalability improvements um, because. We kind of in Kava 4, you know, I wouldn't say we rushed stuff out, but we got stuff out and then people were using it heavily and we're like, oh, actually, this is some gigantic load um, on, on, this, on this system. And so there's like a number of optimizations um, that we ended up having to do like around that. So that's all done. That's looking good. Kind of paves the way for uh, more applications. And so in Kava 6, which is going to be in June, um, this is the autonomous um, market maker. It's kind of like a really important primitive to have to be able to move coins that people are already using to generate yield, to be able to swap them and, and optimize what they're doing. Um, and then uh, we'll be creating the Seifu fund. So you might have heard of the Binance Seifu fund. So we're, we're going to be doing that as well. So about 10% of the network, about 100, 100 million, 110 million uh, Kava coins, we'll have about 10 million coins that'll sit in a reserve to cover um, you know, any like negative activities that happen. And that is just another form of, of safety. Now I say this, go, this is subject to a, a Kava vote by the community. I, I think that the Kava community is behind this, um, but it still needs to be, you know, voted in in order to do that. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about things like the Safe Move Fund um, getting going. Uh, yeah, so that, that, that brings us kind of to the end of, of June, and then we will be creating a Robo Advisor Service to wrap around this, such as, you know, urine, and then this is kind of where we're getting into that Ethereum bridge um, and starting to directly mm-hmm. direct flows to and from Ethereum uh, to Kava. 
And actually, we're getting a lot of requests from, as you might expect, Binance Smart Chain, which is like kind of Ethereum, right, um, to do the same there. We'll, we'll see. Impressive. Uh, I think, you know, it's a uh, very ambitious uh, roadmap for this year. So, <laughs> Well, and so the other thing, and this is kind of, you know, we're, uh, we're growing. So if anybody wants to work for a company that has an ambitious uh, roadmap, Papa Labs um, is actively growing. We're probably going to increase uh, by the end of the year, looking at something like double um, the amount of people. Okay. Have. So who are you hiring? Let's, let's, uh, let's make it an, as an advertising. <laughs> yeah, let's plug it. So um, I could go to the greenhouse, but I'll just, I'll say it. So um, the main folks that we're working on, the main things we're looking at right now are front-end developers. So building out just a better user experience. Mm -hmm. So front-end developers, protocol developers, um, you know, people who have experience in Go, because that's what the, uh, the Cosmos SDK is built on. So protocol developers. And uh, honestly, we're, we're light, uh, probably lighter than we should be on marketing uh, and biz dev. So if you guys are out there and you're, you know, a talented uh, crypto marketer or biz dev and you want to work for a project that's like slightly more nerdy than it should be and you want to help bring them, you know, more out into the community, uh, hit us up. We'd be glad to have you. Perfect. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, share links to all the, um, you know, uh, all your onboarding like pages if you have a career page. Yeah, we have JDs or... open. Yeah, we have a career page. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, that's that's a very exciting time, and I think uh, if if anything, we should help to like talented people to promote the opportunities because there's a disconnect like of you know as you mentioned like you know people who really want to work with projects like yours, and sometimes they just cannot find you know the opportunities quickly. Um, so I'm excited about it. All right. So let's. Uh, Let's That's now awesome. probably can you show some other like you know uh, um, I mean if you will like you know some other practical aspects like you know so let's okay so the first time user of Kava like you know listening to this like excited so now he won what will be the first step to participate in the ecosystem to buy Kava to buy hard like you know like, when you're staking it what's the let's also unwind like the conversation about when you you know what was quite I would say. Um, uh, what needs, let's put it this way, needs a little bit of more explanation when you're saying 60% APY on Bitcoin. My first reaction, well, I give you all my Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. So I'll share my screen again, just we'll keep it visual. Sure. Um, well, so the first thing to do is to go to Kava.io. That's mm -hmm. the, the main landing page. Um, right. And so you can see there kind of, we have this like kind of easy, you know, thing for folks to look at. Um, and it just shows you um, for the different assets, roughly what's supplied, how much USDX has been borrowed from that, and then the APY or the yield. Um, I think we talked about this before. We probably put like a little asterisk here. So just to be very clear about how Kava specifically works is this yield is coming from Kava tokens. So it's similar to, to Compound um, in, in that uh, you know, you sort of, we, you get a pro rata distribution based on how much you've contributed, usage you've contributed to the network. Um, you get these payouts. And so these, um, these distributions are done per block. Um, so so, so the, the claim for the distribution is done per block. And then as I'll show later, you can go in and as you build up, you accrue a balance, you can go and claim it. And so um, you have an option then to choose uh, between the duration um, of lock time that you want for the reward. So compound just defaults to liquid. You just get it right away. 
for Kava right now, we have two options. There's a one month option and there's a 12 month option. And so the 12 month option has a significant bonus um, to it. Just to clarify, when you were talking about 12, 12 month option, that means you basically lock your Bitcoin, whatever it may be, one or a fraction of it for 12 months and you cannot, you know, get it out earlier unless or you can lose, you know, the, the potential IPY, right? Good. Yeah. So to clarify, um, actually, your your assets, your crypto is always liquid. So any block every on a six second basis, you can deposit or withdraw or do whatever you want. So we don't impose any locking there. The locking here is purely on the Kava rewards. So you can get your Kava rewards in a month's time after you click the, the, the claim button, or you could get it in 12 months time when you click the claim button. And um, obviously, if, you, if, you, if you're locking up your, your tokens, your rewards for longer, you get compensated um, with more. And Perfect. so for your users, to be clear, these, uh, these APY calculations are for the 12-month lockup. Got it. And, and they're not all in Bitcoin. They're like, you know, those are the like 60%. That's, you know, like also uh, in Kava, right? You know, so you'll receive this in Kava. Yeah. So this is, <clears throat> this is snapshotting basically like the Bitcoin price of Kava. But yes, you will receive at the end of the day, Kava, just like with kind of compound, you know, you sort of usually comp tokens, uh, not die. When you but you, but your, your portion of Bitcoin stays as a, almost like a principle untouched. So it's still there. You can always like take it out. Correct. And you can take it out at any time. We don't impose any lockups or restrictions there. Um, and yeah, so similarly with hard protocol, <clears throat> um, it's, it's, you know, about the same. So with V2 now, borrow will be available. Um, but it's the same thing. You supply assets, here you're earning um, uh, hard tokens, and then that this uh, hard token distribution will be distributed between supply and borrow when borrow becomes available uh, March 4th on mainnet. So uh, let's stop here for a second because, you know, there, there, there's, there was a question like, you know, basically what's the main, I would, you know, what's the main difference between like USDX and hard and like, you know, why do people like, you know, why do you need so, so many like different types of stable coins, you know, so let me, let's sure, explain yeah. a little bit here. Yeah. So to make, so, so just to really draw the analogy um, to ETH, Kava as a lending facility is basically like Maker. And the Kava token is this governance and lender of last resort, like MKR. Mm -hmm. uh, USDX is the stablecoin that's drawn from uh, collateralized positions on the Kava lending platform, similar to DAI. So you can think of USDX, DAI, their equivalent. Mm -hmm. um, and then on, for the hard protocol, um, like Compound or Aave, hard token is the governance token of that protocol. Um, and th those are basically the current characters. And it, when we say it's a governance uh, protocol, so like, do do you you know do users, the holders of uh, of hard, they have also the voting power, like you know the ability to actually govern and take decisions in the development of the project? Yep. Yeah. So any, <clears throat> and that'll be true for any application um, that we build. Um, the governance token is meant to be a way for the community to mm -hmm. make decisions around what's done here and not us. Hard would is a little- uh, Would you be able to show how it's done? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I'll show it for Kava because that's kind of what's like built out right now. So mm -hmm. Mint Scan is kind of like Cosmos's version 
of Etherscan. Etherscan, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of this mid scan. So you know, you can they they don't have they don't have all of them. They kind of have the top ones. So it's like Cosmos. Okay, fine, Cosmos. But then Kava, number two. Um, so you can go to Kava. <clears throat> and so right now there are proposals that are active. So one that just passed was uh, adding HBTC to the list of allowed CDP collaterals. So this is us voting on um, bringing HBTC into the Kava uh, lending platform. So that just passed and that'll be shown in here in the front end relatively mm -hmm. shortly. And, and for someone who's not that familiar with the CDP concept, maybe you can explain a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So just like with the um, Maker, so how that works, how this lending platform works is um, it's, it's, you know, it's honestly kind of, yeah. Um, you, so you put Bitcoin in and I'll show kind of how to do this in a little bit, but you deposit Bitcoin, you hold it there and then you can draw USDX um, off of that balance. And you can take that USDX and supply it to hard to earn yields or trade it um, on an exchange uh, for some other token to gain exposure to that token. So Bitcoin is in this, uh, in this analogy is a collateral, right? And, you know, USDX is more like, you know, a derivative that you can earn yield on top of it. Yeah, they call it collateralized debt position. So like BTC yeah. is the C, is the collateral, and the USDX is the debt position drawn on that collateral. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So voting. Um, so yeah, so there, there's two votes that are kind of active right now. So in, in our uh, system, in the Kava system, uh, voting is a, is a one-week process. Um, in, in Adam, it's two weeks. Uh, we did that because actually Kava moves pretty quickly, and two weeks is a long time in blockchain, so it's one week. Um, so this one here is uh, to increase the USDX debt limit. So we kind of, as a safety precaution, we say only so much USDX can be drawn, We've hit that. So now we're saying, all right, here's a proposal to, um, to increase that debt limit to 250 million, uh, sorry, 245 million USDX mm -hmm. divided across uh, these different assets. And how this works is as soon as this is voted in, it's enacted on chain. So you know, we don't have to program anything. The system, the software is already programmed that when this uh, takes effect, um, that the new asset limit will um, increase. Um, and then there's another one here uh, for increasing like the minimum uh, staking reward. So right now staking inflation is 4.75. We're going to bump that up a little bit. So let me ask you then uh, to, pull, to play the devil's advocate role like in here. Like, so I see that like, you know, in most of your decisions in the proposals, like, you know, there's consensus of 100% people, like 99%. There's not a lot of controversial topics, right? You know, so... Um, maybe you can show there's some of them that were no. rejected. Okay, yeah, so, let's, there's, so there's rejected. <laughs> okay, there. so let's yeah. talk about why and how many, like, how many people, like, participated in this, and you know, because there's another like thought process that is taught. I'm sure you've heard this uh, that in the community that because of the early stages of the project, still like the founding team and the early seeders, they have a like kind of a bigger voting power and it's really hard like you know for the like smaller holders in the community to actually so that their their voice is going to be like even heard so uh, let's talk about the rejected cases and why yeah yeah um so this was uh usdx incentives mm -hmm. uh for for busd right and then i think uh let's see where some other ones activate usdx percentives and then a proposal yeah so so this is a good example. So there for, for the upgrade for Kava 3. So, right, right, I get it. So basically what we do, a process that we do 
uh, once the software is released is there's like a two to three week review time, right? Where the goal of this is so we put out a proposal and say, hey, we intend to upgrade with this version of the software. This is what we're going to upgrade with. And it's kind of on the community to figure out and review, you know, is there something wrong with this? In the case of Kava 3, there was. Um, there was something wrong with it. And a community member, um, actually somebody from the BNB community, a developer, brought it up and said, hey, I noticed this thing, right? And you're like, okay, like, you know, darn, right? We're not going to be able to launch with this version of the software. So we were able to put out um, an announcement to the community saying, hey, there's, you know, this bug here. And then it went um, to be rejected, right? So um, this is kind of, this goes into sort of what I was talking about with uh, one of the safety precautions that differentiates uh, Kava from Ethereum. And we're kind of getting into the weeds. Any piece of software, like any piece of software uh, that is to be deployed onto Kava has the opportunity for the community to take a look at it and say, hey, I found something that I don't like here. This is in contrast to the design paradigm of Ethereum, where you can just release anything you want. And it's kind of up to the user to uh, determine um, if it's safe or not. And so kind of the analogy that we want to draw there is this sort of like Apple Store versus Android Store, right? Where it is not Kava Labs, but the Kava community's responsibility and they gain value by not having hacks, basically approving the applications and updates to the system in contrast to something like um, Android where, you know, it's kind of the wild west. You can put up anything you want. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So how many in this rejected, if you can click on one of the cases just to see like, you know, it, it should be like, uh, again, uh, more than 51%, I guess, right? You know, so they have- Yeah, to so how it works in, uh, so in this case it was 82. <laughs> 82, okay. <laughs> but still 17, 18% was like, let's do it. I don't care. <laughs> uh, so how, okay. how, how it currently works, um, we're sort of borrowing from what uh, Cosmos does, but how it currently works is uh, Quorum is 40% of all bonded tokens. So if you can't get 40% of people to show up, to mm -hmm. the polls. There's no quorum. Um, there's, there's no vote, right? Got it. Um, so, and how would you vote? Like, you know, is there, is there an open case so you can show like, you know, if somebody wants to vote, like, you know, just- Yes, yeah, so you, can, you can sign in through Minscan. Honestly, I haven't signed up with Minscan. So uh, that takes a process, but you, so you can either do it, Min, Minscan, so, and by the way, Minscan is not us. This is like a completely separate third-party thing. Yeah. Um, I would plug them. They have a wonderful uh, Cosmos Station mobile app that interacts with all of our products. Um, mm -hmm. And you can vote uh, through them. They're they're actually kind of the go-to for voting. And you uh, and you have to, but you have to have at least like some Kava tokens to provide, like you know, to, so that your vote will be counted. Correct. And your and your vote is counted to the extent that you have Kava tokens. Kava tokens yeah. is kind of the vote. That's the weight um, of the vote. Perfect. Got it. So let's talk about how many users do you already have in your community, and you know what's what's the development process there. Yeah. So on, so on chain, uh, so in terms of on chain metrics, um, so we work with uh, Flipside Crypto. I don't know if you guys have heard of those guys, but they kind of provide visualization tools. So I think on chain total accounts right now, it's, I haven't checked recently, but it's over 250,000. In terms of active deposits to um, hard, it's over 10,000 deposits. And on the loans on Kava, it's around some, somewhere around 5,000. 
so compare that to to Ethereum. Um, you know, I think like the last time I checked, active deposits for Compound is like in the hundred or so thousand, mm -hmm. two hundred thousand. So we're still ten percent, like we're still like ten percent, five percent of them. So I think we, we have a ways to go, um, but there's there's decent traction there. Um, in terms of like assets moved, that Binance Bridge alone has moved a one-way flow of two hundred million. I think two-way flow, we're probably at something like half a billion. So you know that's that's not bad. It's still not ETH numbers, but for you know a project that's trying to um, onboard new assets, it's not too bad. Um, and then just in terms of like overall stats, we, 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 in terms of community, we focus our community in Telegram and Twitter. And so the, uh, the Kava community has about 10,000 or so um, people and it's pretty active. Um, the hard community has less than 10,000, but it's like high single thousands. And then, um, you know, the Twitter accounts or the Twitter accounts, you know, maybe like 60,000 and 20,000 or something. Yeah, and we're going to share all the links, obviously, to, to the community if you want to participate and add your two Satoshis to the <laughs> to the Kava community and or ask any questions, right? You know, um, I'm sure you, you will be welcomed, you know. So maybe last thing, not just not to forget, like, you know, if you can quickly show, like, you know, if I were to go and to buy Kava tokens and just to stake it, you know, like maybe showcase it once. So for the person, like, you know, to understand how does it work practically. Yeah, so I'd go to try, like, so what I would, there's two ways that I would recommend doing it, mm -hmm. not to plug Binance, but I would go to Binance. So Binance basically has like in the Kava market. So Binance does this thing that I actually like a lot called soft staking. So when you, when you take uh, Kava tokens and you put it onto, and here actually I'll go back to Minscan. We'll go to the validators list. So Binance is the biggest validator right now. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what Binance What's the threshold to become a validator, by the way, remind us. Uh, just you have to be in the top hundred. Um, so I think right now uh, you I think you could you could show up with uh, um, yeah you just have to be in the top hundred. Um, and, and and there and there's like a, there's a setup cost to being a validator, um, but certainly it's uh, we have guides to doing it. We encourage people to do it. Yeah, but do you remember roughly the number that is required to in dollar value? I think it's literally we're talking like a hundred kava. It's not too bad. Okay, right? it could be less. <laughs> still, it's still accessible. <laughs> totally accessible. Yeah, right. Um, so, so Binance is a great option, in my opinion, um, because of this soft staking mechanism that they do. So, uh, you buy Kava wherever, and then you just mm -hmm. deposit it on Binance if you're comfortable depositing Kava on Binance. And so, what they do is they say, let's well, say our validator is staking 10 million Kava. We take those Kava rewards and we just distribute it pro rata to users on Binance. So that's like, I'd say like, that's the easiest way mm -hmm. to do it. That's like easy mode. Hard mode is like run your own validator, right? And like your own full node and like put, put your Kava on there. I think a nice in-between is using just like a, a, like a solution like Trust Wallet. Um, so Trust Wallet uh, fully supports, um, fully supports uh, Kava um, and hard. And the benefit of using something like Trust Wallet is, um, well, you retain access um, to the keys, but also what we've done with Hard is um, it, we, we're basically giving uh, dividends to Kava holders um, for uh, the Hard tokens. And the idea there is that Kava is really, as the POS staking coin, is providing security to the other applications that are being built on top of Kava. 
So some percentage annually of the inflation of those tokens go to Kava Sakers. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now it's about uh, 20%. Uh, um, and so if you stake your Kava on um, something like Trust Wallet, you get the hard tokens. And when we create the AMM, uh, you'll get the AMM tokens. On Binance, you just get, uh, right now at least, you just get Kava. So uh, it's, a, it's, it's a version of almost like airdrop, you know, that's what you're providing. And it's continuous though, right? And it's, um, you know, the way that I would think about it is it's a premium for providing mm-hmm. security for these other assets. So it's, it's not a one-time thing. It's, it's over time. So as long as you're staking, you get this. You're providing liquidity in Kava and you get like additional like hard, uh, you know, as a, as a reward, right? Yep. And so it's, it, it's, in our view, it's basically the natural extension of any POS network. So you're trading liquidity in Kava for Kava tokens with just vanilla POS staking, right? Mm-hmm. Adam does that. Eventually, Eve will do that. We're just extending that to um, hard tokens and the money market. It's kind of like a sort of shared security model, if you will, that they're benefiting off of the the illiquid, like the illiquidity of that Kava being staked for security. So they give a small amount of of hard tokens to stakers for that service. Got it. I think that that's very interesting. So let me ask you, if you are, uh, I, I don't think it, it applies to Bitcoin or any other like non, you know, like non-native tokens. There is no like additional airdrop on, on top of that, right? We thought about it. Uh, it's that's a little hard. This is kind of like the easy, natural way to do it sure. yeah, for applications built on top of the Kava platform. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, that would be probably a killer like incentive in the beginning, but probably hard to maintain for long term, I, I, I suppose. Yeah, the, I mean, the current carrot for us is the products, right? It's that 60%, um, you know, yield on BTC. Um, we're just using that right now to try and drive uh, onboarding. Do you, okay, so do you support any other, like, you know, um, you know, I, I suppose Trezor, Ledger, like, you know, offline yep. wallets, right? Yeah, so the two major um, wallets to interact with the software, if you're going, if you're if you're an individual user, is a ledger. So if you want, if you have high balances and you just want security, you can use Ledger. And then our the the Kava Labs owned apps um, that that I'll, that I'll show um, those support Trust Wallet um, using a wallet connection, like Wallet Connect connection. And then uh, there are other uh, third party applications though that are made. Uh, as I mentioned, Cosmos Station is a wonderful uh, third-party uh, mobile and web um, experience to use uh, Kava products. Someone also wrote me a question. It's in my list. Like, you know, so I, I, uh, I suppose, you know, I will not see this in my MetaMask account, right? So, That's, so you know, honestly, yeah, yes, and I'm sorry, and we're working on it, but, you know, that... <laughs> And, and, you know, but that's the thing is like, we're really geared towards, you have to go where the users are. And so this actually, you know, Victor, like to his credit, like it was not easy for us to get integrated with Trust Wallet, right? That Mm -hmm. takes time. There was a lot of Trust Wallet users. Obviously, MetaMask is is the biggest. Yeah. So they have these like plugin supports, but, you know, we're we're working on it, um, but it's not going to be out anytime soon. But I I would love to let some MetaMask user just plug in the comment. Yeah, I mean, uh, so maybe let's go to another route, which uh, I will help you to uh, to also like see the user user uh, provision, like in a user like acquisition, like in a strategy. So you know, Zap or Zerion, that those are like you know uh, platforms that aggregate you know like your portfolio, and they help you to see on one clear you know, like user interface where you at, like where you're staking, where you haven't. So, are you connected to them? 
um, to Zapier, you said? Yeah, let's say not yet. Not yet, also, okay. When do you think it is possible? Um, I'm not sure with Zapier. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure our BD team's interacting with them, um, but you think, you, you recommend that's a, that's a very good one? I would think that a lot of people who are like, uh, I would say more like, you know, into DeFi, like, in a, and they, you know, they want to interact like, not with one or two assets and they interact with five, 10 plus, you know, it's just hard. You, and the MetaMask is also not a solution. Like it's not just, it's just like you're using it just because it's popular. But uh, I personally use both, you know, like to even understand where I am at. I give you an example, right. like when right. one inch had this, uh, um, uh, had this, uh, you know, airdrop, you know, the claim, the only reason why people, some people actually knew about it just because Zerian reminded them that you yeah. are, you're like, you know, you, you're supposed to get this reward, please go ahead and, you know, check out that you're, you know, you're eligible. Otherwise, it's really hard to track. You have to be 24-7 and, you know, people have a different life, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so kind of, um, the, you know, and this kind of, this can tie into uh, one of the ways that we're thinking about uh, onboarding. So there's kind of like two modes, if you will, of, uh, of Kava. So Kava is meant to be this just open finance protocol um, that, 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 that individual users, developers, and enterprises can plug into. And so what we're seeing here, right, and we can maybe walk through it if we have time, is an experience for an end user. So an end user could come to our application, they could connect with Trust Wallet, and they could, you know, do their, do their activities and, and, earn some, and earn some yield and get loans, et cetera. And they can do the same with Heart. That's kind of like the end user mode. Um, you know, Trust Wallet uh, and to, uh, so like a couple other ones are Frontier Wallet. Have you seen Frontier? So Frontier has a, is a developer app that has uh, an exper a Kava experience built into it. And Cosmos Station is another developer app that has the uh, Kava experience um, integrated into it. It's more like what we would say is like that developer segment um, that we're also trying to grow. The third one that we're like pretty interested in is this kind of enterprise integration. So we built out this Kava API um, to help uh, enterprises integrate into this protocol. And so the two um, kind of major ones in the crypto space right now that we've done is Binance. Um, so Binance basically on the, in Binance.com, um, you can go and earn yield on BNB uh, mm -hmm. through Kava. I guess you can also do it on Curve but you can do it on Kava, it's currently sold out, oops. Um, but we're, we're trying to grow that. Um, and so the idea is to grow this direct integration with users, you know, Binance is a centralized entity, they have a bunch of users that hold digital assets, and without leaving that experience, they can put their assets into here and, and earn a yield. Um, Bitmax is another one, so we've successfully integrated with Bitmax um, into the hard protocol. <clears throat> And so uh, that's an opportunity to earn yield with uh, the, your USDX and with your hard tokens. And then just announced um, is uh, Huobi. So Huobi Global, uh, the first asset um, that, that as a Huobi user only living on the exchange is you can put your Bitcoin somewhat similar uh, as Binance um, into a widget in Huobi and then be earning yield on, uh, on Kava. So that's kind of like an exciting path that we're really trying to um, venture down for Q1 and Q2 of this year is kind of, and it's that similar ethos that we had with the initial Binance integration 
is sort of in a single integration, getting that entire distribution channel um, to onboard users uh, in the cloud. So just to clarify, you know, like uh, while we were seeing the screen, like when w the difference between like yearning yield directly with Binance and having, let's say, seven, seven and a half percent APY on Bitcoin and uh, eight and a half on BNB. And then what you're offering essentially is like like. 63 on BTC Great. and let's say roughly what 15.8% uh, uh, on the BNB. So that is substantial difference just because you're ready to incentivize the early on, on, on borders and help them to grow, to build trust in your ecosystem. Yeah, so that's a that's a great observation. So you know the way that I, I mean, the way that you can think of kind of financial products is there's this range of, of risk reward, right? So, um, and, and I think that successful products offer that range. They can hit different segments of users. So, um, and it's kind of similar to staking, but so in the, in the case of Kava, you know, you're, if you want to come into the Kava products, you're kind of on your own, right? You're downloading the apps, you're moving the coins, you're effectively the only one that's liable. I would imagine, they haven't explicitly said it, but I would imagine in the case of Binance, one, you don't manage anything. You just put it in there and forget about it you earn a guaranteed yield, right? It's not mm -hmm. variable, they're giving you a guaranteed yield. And probably if something went wrong, you know, Binance would hold themselves liable and return some amount of the investment to you, right? So you kind of, you're getting this gradient. And right now, I think honestly in DeFi land, we don't, you know, we, it's not the, the, that the Pareto optimal thing hasn't been found yet. Mm -hmm. So I think it's our duty to be exploring these different options and figuring out what's really connecting uh, with users and 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 also the last point I think and when we're speaking about the risk it's pre, uh, it's predominantly a permanent loss right you know so if you consider that let's say BNB token although did like incredible flip like three four x recently <laughs> yes um, so but if you believe for for your own research for your own reasons you know that it will not hold this value and it, it, regardless of like your crew like 7.9%, uh, 15% that uh, if the token loses its value to a certain degree, then obviously the yield you're earning is like, it's not that significant. So this is your risk and one of the major risks, you know, that you uh, have to take into account. I just want to throw it out there because, you know, a, a lot of people are getting excited of high yields, but they also have to see the other uh, side of the coin, you know. I mean, so I think it's that, look, I, you know, we live this every day and I'll say that like the, the financial kind of risk of, of basically, right, of impermanent loss or just the, the movement of financial, the price of things is one. I want to underscore that like, you know, we, you, you, know, you almost go numb to it, but like you see $30 million hacks every day, like not, not every day, but like on a monthly basis, yeah. right? No project or, or like almost no project tries to go out and say, well, you know, I'm just, I want my users to get hacked and my reputation to get tarnished. But it happens because it's actually really hard to build these financial products and be doing it at a competitive speed. Open source, right. you know, that's... Right. And, and open source. It's like literally hard mode for software development. It's like the hardest mode. Come and and get so, <laughs> Yeah. And so that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, we want to do the safety fund, right? Is like, knock on wood, Kava's never been hacked. We don't intend to be hacked, but we want to just build up extra security just in case something happens, we can make our users whole. And while Binance gets like a lot of, you know, bad press for X and Y and Z, they have this similar mentality 
where most likely if everything gets wiped out because of our fault, because of their fault, because of who knows, their users are probably made whole, but you know, they earn less because of it. That's mm -hmm. just risk reward. No, I, I find it very exciting. I think, you know, uh, what you guys are doing, just to, as a brief summary, uh, I think you already, like, you know, we're told like about uh, one year, one half year ahead of, you know, like in terms of certain DeFi products that you deliver, like ahead of even Cosmos, who I, by the way, I highly respect them, what they're doing, but uh, some of your products are like, I would say faster as, as per what I understood from this interview. Um, you build, you know, uh, you build really fast. You care about the uh, security. So I'm happy to see that you've been audited and people can literally, um, you know, verify it for themselves. You have uh, 250,000 users, uh, uh, you know, and in, uh, in on-chain, on uh, 50,000 like different active, like, you know, DeFi positions and generally a lot of integrations, you know, including, as you mentioned, Hobi, Bitmax, Binance. And the fact that I like that you not only, you know, accept the, you know, the projects that are on, uh, mostly on Cosmos SDK, but you're looking further, like, you know, down the line, like how can you develop the products on Ethereum? How can you develop the products, like obviously the core, like, you know, with bit, interact with more like Bitcoin uh, products. And uh, I think it's very like forward thinking what you guys are doing and maybe just, uh, uh, for the sake of making it like, you know, sure this interview short and sweet, you know, we might have a second one to, to see of your <laughs> great projects. Um, yeah, maybe you can uh, just summarize one of the key uh, things that people should look into from all your like amazing uh, developments in the roadmap. Yeah. Well, just to comment briefly on, on what you said there, I, I just, you know, it is, we, we do ship about, I mean, as a base layer, I don't think anybody ships every four months right? Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're probably one of the quickest there. And in terms of the exploration, I think that's still a product of, I mean, we're, we're fortunate in the sense that we have had some success and other projects have had success, but we're very much viewing or we're taking a long view on the industry and realizing that we're still really early days. This is, this as an industry, we're a startup and we operate very much like that, right? Today, what's working today might not be working in a year. And I think the winners in the long run in these spaces are the teams that can build a culture and communities that can build a culture that's adaptive, right? So we're doing what we're doing today, but we look on Ethereum, we look on Binance Smart Chain, we keep close to these things. And, you know, we challenge, you know, our own ethos, right? You got to go where the users are and where the money is. And so that it's for us, it's this kind of constantly iterative process. And we've tried to build our software stack and our team and our community with that ethos of being able to iterate and adapt. And I think that, you know, but again, at its core, at its core, the, the fundamental thing that drives our decision-making is safety. It's safety of users' funds. How can we make sure that we're creating the experience um, that is safe for our users, right? We could, yeah. Um, so, so I, yeah, it, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, finish. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, so if, if I was going to tell people one thing, um, one thing to go and check out, I'm really excited about, uh, it's, it's not right now, but I'm really excited about some of these um, upcoming integrations that are going to happen with Wabi, and I kind of can't just yet talk about the other ones. That's a really great way to, you know, gain access to these yields, but do it within an environment that's comfortable to you. Um, if, uh, if, if you want to start digging in now, 
and take advantage of stuff, I'd start at Kava.io. Um, and, you know, there's tutorials out there to move your Bitcoin in. You don't have to start with a lot. Start with a little bit, see if you like it. And um, we have a good community. You can go and ask questions and kind of build up from there. Uh, one last thing I want to clarify. There was another question, like, you know, I uh, asked me, like, so what, uh, when, when can I stake USDC uh, and uh, mm -hmm. you, <laughs> So <laughs> I'm sure you get this question a lot, so... Yeah. And, and again, I love our users, right? And I want to, to make them happy. Uh, you can see that we are actively evaluating USDC. Yeah. Yes, we are working on it. Uh, basically, the USDC integration takes some time and it turns out a ton of money. So yeah. we're working on it. Um, I would love to see both USDC and USDT in there. Mm -hmm. USDT is honestly probably a bit farther away. USDC is looking closer. Um, I would say if, you know, we write the check and we get it going. We could be looking at Q2 for like a native USDC. Basically, like I love native integrations, right? USDC on Kava is no different than USDT, USDC on, um, on Solana or on Ethereum, right? Mm -hmm. You put your money into that facility and you can deposit it easily under Kava. I love frictionless onboarding. And so there's a premium to do it. We're willing to pay it. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully Q2. We'll see. Don't quote me on it, but that, that's looking like that. So, and for now, just to clarify that, you know, somebody would, who has, you know, a position, let's say whatever, it may be 1,000, 10,000 USDC. So they would need to go, let's say to Binance, to swap it to a USDX, right? Uh, or so the, circle, the circle product right now, um, if you've seen, um, if you're onboarded with the circle product right now, you can seamlessly swap your Ethereum USDC for, I think Solana's on there right now, and there's another one. So our goal would be to have Kava on there. So you just swap your, you know, through that facility, you can swap it. Um, but then also, yeah, and this is, so let me, I can just chat about this for a sec. So mm -hmm. like um, there's, there's, there's kind of, you need to kind of do both because this, this is just sort of like what it is to be not Ethereum, right? Just kind of giving you a picture of that. So you need to do two things to get new assets on. You have to have that asset supported. So USDC has to say like, yep, we'll do it. But then that's not enough. You need to get onboarding. And the best onboarding that we've seen today is from exchanges, right? The ability to deposit and withdraw. You have Kava USDC to Huobi and, uh, and Coinbase and Binance. That's where the users are doing it. So I have seen a couple of projects who have, you know, integrations with USDT um, and to an extent USDC, but the onboarding rails aren't there. It's like, well, great, but how are you going to get it on there, right? So already we're talking to exchanges to be like, can we get your guys' assets on first, wink, wink, and then when USDC comes around, can you pretty please with sugar on top, you know, put that uh, into Kava? But you, it's important, in my opinion, you need both. Um, USDC does offer a way to do it on Circle, but like how many people are on Circle versus Binance or Coinbase? Or exactly. So... So essentially, again, the, one of the easiest way to go to Binance, swap it to like Kava, and then... Uh, so, the ideal, well, so the ideal integration here would be it's no different than Kava. So, you know, you got your USDC on, you, you got your whatever, Bitcoin, you trade it for some USDC on Binance. When you go to withdraw in the, in the withdraw screen, you, mm -hmm. can, you can do ERC-20 or Kava. And you just withdraw it to a Kava address. It's in your balances uh, on Kava kind of just like Ethereum, you have multiple coins on Kava, you got your USDC, 
you you do your your you do your yield generation event and then you you deposit it back to to Binance trade it for your Bitcoin. Perfect. Got it. I mean, I think we should we can stop sharing the screen and for some yeah, of yeah. <laughs> on a, on a, on the podcast, you know, please uh, do check the YouTube um, uh, version of it because you know there's a lot of uh, exciting things Scott shared here. Um, then. I mean, just to also end up, you know, our interview with some positive, like, you know, and um, yeah, I would say more philosophical notes, which I love, you know, like my, the name of the show is Holistic Investments, and that means a lot to me. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I, I will ask you more of a, a human being, not techie question, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, you know, uh, what is the meaning of life to you? What is the meaning of this project to you, uh, you know, generally, considering that it's a, it's a centralized it has a, a lot of innovative and uh, very forward-thinking like you know uh, ideas so what's the meaning of this all to you yeah i mean if you think about sure if you think about things like whatever holistically or whatever i mean my my kind of view as an entrepreneur is this progression of of a person from you know younger tend to be self-absorbed focused on themselves out towards an empathetic person, right? And I, and the reason that I like to be an entrepreneur and, and build products is because you can be empathetic, but at a commercial scale, right? You can understand what your users want, and you can and you can work to satisfy that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's been for me in my personal evolution, right? Like that's I've noticed that I've gotten a lot more success when I think less about me and I start thinking more, you know, about my users. So when we look at like, well, who are the users of this particular software? Why? What's the reason that they're using? Always asking that question, this kind of empathetic question of like, what? How can I? How can I benefit them? Um, I think that the you know the biggest when I get a, when I actually when I get an actual sense of our users, um, you know, I think that the the thing that probably the the thing that comes through probably the most is. Uh, you know, these guys, these groups of people, like, um, you know, we don't get to ask them, like, where are you from? What are your socioeconomic uh, situations? But I think these are people who I I still believe we're still like in the early phases of this, of this cycle. These are people who are just interested in new things, right? Like they, they, they want a different way to build wealth and grow wealth and express themselves Mm -hmm. financially. And so we try and allow them to do that, but in a responsible way, right? Like, yes, 60% APY is very large. I mean, I think partially part of that's because Kyle has been doing well recently, right? But we're, we're not trying to like draw them in with tricks and have them roll dice to earn even more, right? We want to treat them with respect. And we want to say that, and, and the main thing that we want to push through is what you're, what you're engaged in right now. The, the financial operations that you're engaged in now is no different than, you know, what's happening over here, right? We're trying to build that out for people and, and make them feel as though this is, you know, a real financial platform that you're interacting with, not some game. So it's, instead of uh, uh, dabbing you as a collateral debt tool for everything or a synthetic uh, yield farming platform or any other look of these big words, I would just say that, you know, you know, what Kava is empathy on steroids, you know, commercial. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but I, I really think that, and this is kind of backing out of crypto even, like uh, you get, you just, things, I've noticed in my life, things come, things just come to you more when you focus less on yourself and more on other people. There's no way, 
look at the very large companies like like Amazon, like you, you can't get there by just always thinking about what you want. Like, oh, I just wish the world would happen. I mean, if you give, if you find users and you please users and you give them what they want, they will lift you, <laughs> you know, as high as you like. And so that's something that I try and do. And that's something that we instill in our, in our company culture and our community culture as well. 100%. I couldn't agree more. And I love your vision. I love love this philosophy. Uh, maybe uh, something to you, you can advise people to read or to maybe some famous podcast that you listen yourself and you, uh, you love P, uh, uh, to share with the community. Yeah, like a famous like uh, something that I thought was like pretty uh, inspiring. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, what I what I like is, uh, have you ever seen this, like, How I Built This podcast uh, by Guy Ross? So uh, I've heard about it, but I didn't have time to. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's cool. So it's just this little, it's this podcast by this guy where he kind of just sits down and, and, and interviews um, the, uh, like, the, the leaders of, like, you know, companies like, like Dyson and, and uh, uh, you know, like uh, JetBlue and whatever. And um, what I love about sort of business is, you know, when you're young, you think of business as those buildings behind you, right? You're like, oh, it's this like big machine thing. But when you dig into it, it's people all the way down. Like it's people all the way down. So what I really like about that podcast is you have these like gigantic brands and, uh, and products, but you just get to hear the person on a human level. You just, and, and it's always, it's kind, of, there's, it's kind of similar, right? It's just like, I'm a person. I tried to do this thing, you know, I worked really hard and here's how I think about it. So it's like this really nice insight into what's actually kind of going, what one component of went on behind these companies that have been successful. Got it. It's amazing. I will check it out. You know, I put the links as well. Um, listen, I, I'm sure we can talk like for hours and hours. It's, it's been an exciting uh, journey. It's kind of like, and I, 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 I'm really pleased uh, to learn uh, with your ambitious, you know, plans, and I and I love the fact that you deliver. I, 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 I even more, I love the fact that you actually um, uh, client oriented. That's very important. You know, the combination of uh, the, the being client oriented and being secure and compliant and making sure that you know you you constantly like you know iterate i think that's that's the success formula so i wish you more development you know a faster growth and again listen right now you have for with oh, more than 250 million uh, uh, in total assets you know value in your platform and i'm sure probably by the end of the year let's uh, I, i hate to be a profit here but i i wish you will quadruple it easily <laughs> we're going for it we're definitely going for it And, I, and I'm sure it's going to be the case so with your approach and with your philosophy. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Scott, and I hope we'll do it again. Yep. Thanks, Constantine.